Hey, it's Book Circle Online. Today we're talking to Lauren Weedman, author of Misfortune, so stay tuned. This is Book Circle Online, featuring in-depth discussion, insight, news, and commentary on all the world's leading book titles and their authors. And now, Book Circle Online. Online. Hello, it's Book Circle Online. I'm Jeffrey Masters. I'm here today with Lauren Weedman. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. What is that face? You look scared. No, I was thinking Jeffrey or Jeff now. I thought oh. it was Jeff. You're all casual in the beginning, and oh. now that we're on air, it's oh, Joffrey. It's, it's Joffrey, yeah. It's Ballet. Jeffrey on camera. But okay. I felt right. like we connected already, you know, so that like Jeff was okay. Yeah, I know. That's why Jeff, I thought, was like, even though, again, I'm not, it's not my favorite name in the world, but whatever, it's yours. And Thank you. Seem, you. I mean, you're a good person beyond your name, I'm sure. So far. Yeah. So far. Testing. Uh, the full title is Fresh Perspectives of Having It All from Someone Who Is Not Okay. Jesus, it goes on forever. Yes. Are you okay? Um, people keep asking me that. I'm like, I don't know. Am I? Like, is there, do you see something behind me, like, looming? Um, I'm, yeah, I'm okay. Well, no, I'm not okay. I'm not, I'm never fully okay. I don't trust anybody who's like, I'm okay. I'm just good. I'm re- blessed. Hashtag. Grateful. Right. Like, I don't, no, I'm not okay. My, the, my favorite people are not okay, so I'm going to take solace in that. You know, when, you know, when the character in the book who said that speech about there are those who are okay and those who are not okay, yes, yes. I thought it was being used ironically, but she believed that, right? Yeah, I think so. Well, I, I stole it. The person who initially said it to me was this documentary filmmaker in um, Seattle. And um, lesbian, big surprise, right? I'm just kidding. I don't, I'm okay. Um, it, anyway, um, it was a surprise for her family, I should say that. Okay. okay? But anyway, my friend, my dear friend um, uh, had said, to me, she said that she had this theory that the world was divided up into the okays and not okays, and we all have this like core belief about ourselves. And there's just some people who just feel like, well, I'm okay, like I'll always be okay. And I'm like, what do you mean by that? Like the people who have money, or like the people who are like super good looking, are they the ones that feel okay or whatever? But they're just like those who are like content in their lives. I guess, or just they feel like this core that if something goes, let's say you have a bad day, do you think like, oh well, it'll be better tomorrow, or do you think this is it, man? This is it. Like, and, and nobody loves me, and I'll never find anything, and I'm never gonna have money, and then my skin will fall off me, and then I'll rot. Do you go to that place? Um, I don't. Know. Okay, then you're okay. Good oh, thank you. you. But I feel like you don't like the okays. Oh, I know. I set that up like that, didn't I? Yeah, you think um, really well, boring. Well, I think that a lot of the okays are delusional. They think they're okays, but they're crying in the corner. We'll wait. Well, I know that I'm gonna be okay. I'm gonna be okay because <laughs> I'm a hard worker, and I'm yeah. like, well, we'll get over this hump. It's fine. Well, that's really good. Thank you. Oh, but that's, well, that's a really good quality. Well, I'm more messed up for sure. But you don't want, I mean, but I'm, I've, I've, I'm like, like, listen to Williams. You know who that is? She's a writer, singer, singer songwriter. Yes. Exactly. And she's always talking about how, like, someone asked her recently, like, oh, you're 65 now. Are you comfortable in your own skin? And she's like, I've never been comfortable in my skin ever, man. And I was like, oh, that's me. I know that feeling. So, yeah, I guess the world is divided. Yeah. It's, it's you against me. Let's see who wins. Oh, my God. See, this, is, this is a teaser. Mm, Watch a out. Teaser. <laughs> um, no, I mean, the book is great, by the way. It's really funny. Thank you. Good. I saw it this morning is on the bestseller list. No. No. Where, where are you seeing <laughs> On the New York Times bestseller list? No, it's not. I thought I saw it at number eight. Mm, Nonfiction? I don't believe so. That would be really embarrassing if I was got this wrong. Okay, you absolutely got <laughs> I swear to God. This is, basically, this is like this. It's like going like, I swear outside to God. that door is your grandmother. I'm like, my grandmother died. She's dead. And you're like, Why? your grandma Irene is right out there, Lauren. Like, there's no way I'm on the bestseller list. If I was in the bestseller list, I would be getting, you don't, you don't know, the world would have exploded around me. They would have been emailing me, texting. 
I am uncertainly confident. I love that. Is it okay that you <laughs> this are? This interview is going really well so no, far. I think it's, uh, no, but, no, but it's perfect because now you get to see the underlying thing of like no. why that would be such a huge deal. I'm not a... Uh, this is kind of a not an underground book. I mean, it's it's a Penguin yeah, Random House yeah, sort of thing. The plume, yeah. But it's yeah. I don't believe it's on there. And if it is, uh, okay, I'm gonna have to do the rest of the interview like not being able to check. Okay, if it's not, that's gonna be really embarrassing for me. But no, let's just um, say it is bestseller. Okay, I'll tell you this. I saw it on the bestseller list. Um, to my current memory, I can't tell yeah. you if it was like the New York Times or the Amazon or USA Today. They all have their own, but right, right. I did see it. It's possible that it's on. I know that it was on some kind of Cal- Southern California or some kind of California bestseller list of like of book sales or something like that. I don't Maybe know. It, it sounds like it's going really well for me. Oh my god! And it sounds like this interview is going really well for me. So oh, I don't we're think it's both a bad like thing. Magic. No, oh, I don't I, think you have to be no, in control. I just, you know what I mean? No, mess it's not up. That. I, poop your pants now. Okay, and start no, crying. No, I don't like body humor. <laughs> oh, oh, you don't like pooping? Okay, good. No, I'm like we could talk about like genocide just not like bathroom stuff do you that, like genocide jokes it's that no ah. oh you like genocide yeah um <laughs> no i don't do bathroom humor <laughs> well somebody shouldn't so that's good <laughs> thank god somebody should take a break uh, <laughs> but i love that you read the book yeah absolutely i'm flattered i was very struck by how many different like familial relationships you have yeah you have the mom who raised you and your birth mom and your stepson and your son and your half sisters and your uh, yes. you know yes it is endless when you're adopted then you find your you know when you're white trash like i am it does get sort of endless <laughs> really i have a ton of like do, are you do, you do you know adopted people i do you do yeah but you know what they're like the, but they're they steal they're family <laughs> Their families are not as large as yours seems to be, or mm-hmm. at least connected. Yeah, I don't see them all at the same time. We of don't course. all go to the same KFC. You know what I mean, we divide it up. Like mm-hmm. I see my adopted family when I go home, my that I grew up with, and then I'll go visit, do a quick little birth father visit and a birth mother visit, and all that kind of stuff. So little one offs. It was just interesting, yeah. like the conflict it created. Like yeah. I just gave birth. Do I call my birth mom or the mom who raised me? And yeah, yeah, definitely. There's a whole chapter about that. Um, Am I supposed to like then talk about that? I'm really bad. Oh, I should tell you ahead of time what I'm bad at. Because people are like, when I was doing these radio interviews, they were like, so Thanksgiving. And I'm like, what happened? And they're like, Thanksgiving. So you crazy stuff. And I'm like, oh, I forget what I wrote. Was it good? Or are you mad at me? Like, what, do, I, do I win or do I lose? Do I get money for it? Do I not get Am I on the bestseller list? <laughs> we don't know. I'm just staring at my phone the whole time. Just like, ask me another question. I'm just going to be looking at my phone going, am I on the bestseller list? And I didn't know. Oh, my God. Hey, guys. Uh, Zach in the booth. I have Misfortune by Lauren Weedman on the LA Times paperback nonfiction bestseller list at number five. LA Times bestseller. Thank you, Zach. That's great. That's really great. That's huge. That's really good news. That's good news for me, believe it or not. Do you want to call your son and tell him? Um, no, he doesn't know about the book. <laughs> he doesn't know his mother either, so I don't like to talk oh, about okay. anything. Well, that's really nice. Yeah, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, get a little hot flash. Oh my god, great. Menopause is not great. Thanks for you... wishing my death to come quicker. <laughs> oh man, I'm so glad that I was like half cracked on this. Oh, it's great. That's pretty fantastic. Um, that's, that's really exciting for you though. Yeah, Seriously. it is. It is because I'm, um, I just the other day was bemoaning the fact, I go, well, what do you do with a book? I mean, you do it and it takes so much time and you're so into it, obviously. Blah, blah. I, have people, I have friends who are so much more talented who, you know, or, who don't get to do book 
don't get to do book deals and stuff. Yeah. That sounds so like they don't get to do book deals like me. I've done 17. No, but I just, I always feel like it's, a, I feel very lucky and fortunate that I get to do one. So the idea that it's doing well is crazy. That's great. Yeah, absolutely. And have you always been a writer? You've been yeah. pursuing acting, I know, too. But. Yes. Yeah, so I've always been a, um, a writer, too. I mean, when I was in high school and stuff, when as soon as I was going to opportunity to write my own monologues, I did it. Like I did a monologue about um, being the youngest member of Weight Watchers, um, which I was in Indiana at the time. Um, like like at eight years old or something. Oh. I wasn't eight. I'm lying. Congratulations again. Better. I know totally. Um, but I, yeah, I, I always well, I've always wanted to be yeah, writing my own stuff. Because when you're weird or when you not weird, I hate when people are like I'm so weird. But when you're so weird like me, no. But when you're a little off, people didn't write stuff for me. Didn't didn't write for what I wanted to be doing on stage. You know. Oh. And so I felt like I had to write my own thing so I could do what I wanted to get my yayas out. Yeah. And when you started the book too, you were. A big part of the book was your relationship with your ex. Yes. You were together in the first story you told. Mm-hmm. Was the, now it's your ex-husband, were the events of like your relationship unfolding as you were writing? No, this was totally, this was part of the book that I, that to me, anyway, okay. What happened was I wrote one draft of the book. I didn't think it was very good. It felt very, um, and it, which was surprising to me that I couldn't get much depth in it. I felt like I was just telling like, just you know like crazy stuff that happened at the store or like a long time i had a dog it felt very kind of surface and and too comedic almost too manically comedic oh. and i couldn't and, and the editor goes you know what we could print this it'd be fine but i think you could go a little bit deeper and i'm like i don't know i don't know if i can i don't know i can't really find any stories like i can't seem to figure out she's like what's going on with you and i'm like i don't know well it was turning what turned out was that well it was that i didn't realize that my husband had been in this long-term affair so is i once i found out about everything and once all the truth came out I went back to the stories and then I could rewrite the whole book because now I knew what was going on. Like I, It was like I wasn't in reality, if that makes any sense. Oh, on the first draft. The first draft was just basically a draft of me going, I don't understand what's going on. I don't know what to talk about except maybe some funny stuff that happened in the toilet in the bathroom for you. <laughs> um, and then once I found out what was going on, then I'm like, oh, no, it, it's this. What was really going on was I did know that I did have a sense that something was happening. Like I realized, too, there are all these clues in these chapters of the marriage unraveling that I didn't even see. Denial is incredible. Wow. Um, yeah, it, I, I feel that I, this wild factor about denial is blowing my mind, because I think I'm so like, seeing what's happening. Yeah. I was I was so in denial about what the depth of um, like of the lies that were being told and stuff, because I couldn't bear that kind of, you never want to think that you're, you know, someone you love is a serial killer. In, right. <laughs> he wasn't, but. As I like um, throw that like out half, there. though, like yeah. half. Um, it's just shocking because you are so like smart and with it. You, that's that's the story I tell myself sometimes. And boy, that that's another thing is like I had this idea of like, oh, I see what's going on. I see reality. Yeah. But he, I didn't, I didn't. And then once I got it, it was amazing to turn back around. I'm telling you, just to go like, what? That's what was going on. This whole time I blame me. Like all these stories, I thought I was just, I'm such a dummy. Like here's another story, what a dumb dumb I am. Yeah. And actually I was sensing that things were happening around me that I wasn't giving myself credit for. Oh, I think that's so interesting that you said the first draft was just fluff because in this you have like the ability to make a great joke and then immediately go to like a really practical statement about love and relationships. And yeah. it definitely had those like peaks and valleys. Well, well I have, I, I like to, I mean, I have those in my own life, but I don't know about writing. I, I never know when to get, I don't want to get too heavy handed or get too like, and here, therefore, hence, moreover, life has been... But the editor was was the one who's like, now be a good time to maybe talk about how you feel now about love. She guided me a lot of those things. That's great advice. It is great advice. I know. It's like I would love to say like I just knew it was the right time, but <laughs> she was 
she would suggest. She would never tell me what to say, but she'd be like, maybe now do you want to talk about what it felt like when you tell us more about when you found out about it or tell us now about being a mother, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. She was a good. And over the course of the book, you um, got divorced, but it, mm-hmm. in, it's the least book I've ever read that is less like a divorce memoir than yeah. I've ever like, read. Yeah, that's what I don't want. It. And people have been sort of, sometimes when I'm doing the, like on the book tour and stuff, the uh, people really focus on the uh, babysitter affair thing, oh. right? Which is, which I understand. I mean, that's like, it's a great story, <laughs> but I'm like, it's such a tiny part of the book. I'm like, sorry to tell you that it's in the very end, but the book is about a lot of other things than just sort of, you know, like... You know, and then it, whatever. It's not just like a Gwen Stefani kind of yeah. situation. Plus, I'm too poor. <laughs> there are certain lines, though, like you said, that just stuck with me. Like, it's really easy to be to admit to being awful to something, but it's really hard to admit to like loving something or someone. Yeah, I have that. And that's you, just very practical and like concise. Do you have that? Yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, because like, to me, it's like I I'm. To say that I care about somebody or that I love something, like to openly be like, I love this person so much. She means like the Facebook thing of people going like, I'm the luckiest lady in the world. I love it. Look at this guy. I loved him for 19 years. Love him for another. I'm like, you're claiming him that openly? Like, I know. What if it turns out that he doesn't love you? But like, I just can't. I'm not. Well, I've never have done that. And then if you I'm do ready for it, make though. it public like that, then it becomes like, oh, by the way, you be broke up. I just need to make the announcement. Exactly. I'm changing the profile picture. Yeah, I don't want to look like an asshole. I'm just scared to like, to, I, for my thing, it's like if I love something, it's going to be, it's going to be taken away. Like I'm that screwed up where I'm like, I, how dare I really start to care what it's just going to oh, be. Oh, absolutely. It's awful. Yeah. But you're that way already, or so, but you're so yeah. too young for that. You have to start. Well, more. I wish that you would like grow out of it. So I have like something to aspire to. Arr, I don't know if I grow. I got worse. <laughs> That's oh, really? what I feel like. Well, that's not true. Cause I did start to love that guy. I mean, my husband, I was definitely yeah. like, okay, this time I'm jumping in. And then I, then I, that didn't work out. <laughs> I mean, you jumped in for a, like a 10 year relationship. Yes. That's yes. a major commitment. Yes, it was. It is. It was. I got, I have a child out of it, you know, so I got a yeah. little something, a little something, something. <laughs> Mm -hmm. But also, I like that you your weight was a recurring theme, and I like Mm -hmm. that you said that you never felt so good about your body than with him. I did. That's true. Has that stayed with you? Um, yeah, only when he comes to pick up my kid do I feel good about my body during our, no, I was kidding, after divorce. I was, I was signing the divorce papers, and I'm like, I still feel good, I feel good about my body right now. It's got Rocking. two things. Um, no, I, uh, yeah, that helped because he was such a, um, I have to remember this is going to live forever on the internet, so I can't say he's a big sex fiend. Oh, God, it came out. Oh, God, I'm awful. No, he was so, he did, he did seem to love women. Like, he was definitely, a, it was nice to be with somebody who's, you know, into sex is nice. And that was helpful. I've dated a lot of gay boys or half gay boys. And so, you know, people who are, you know, like, I do celebrate your body, but just from the neck up. <laughs> I like this part up here. Like, I wasn't used to a straight male, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> like, fully, like, Arr. and that, that's, that's a real mood booster. Absolutely. Oh, right? <laughs> top. Do you think that do you think that your concerns over weight would still you'd have those concerns if you weren't on camera or on stage as an actress? Well, I'm not as I mean, I no, well for sure. You don't want to be here if you want to love yourself. You know what I mean? It's an it's an awful environment In LA. for that. Yeah. I mean LA is like the I always say I think I say this in the book too, it's like my abusive boyfriend. Some I'm, I'm I'm always like, I'm gonna get out of this relationship, I'm gonna move. Cause y'all he hit me again, he called me fat and he said I was ugly, like right to my face. And right as I'm about to get out, he buys me a new car or something. I'm like, oh my God, he bought me a couch. Like I got a little job on like Showtime or something. You know what I mean? I get something that keeps me there yeah. so he can call me fat again to my face. But yeah, no, I think LA plays a part of that. But just as a female, it's like your looks are such a, 
Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's I'm getting too old to be talking that way. I feel like I have to stop acting insecure. It's weird for a person who's almost 50 to be like, do I like fat? You're like, you're a woman. Just be a lady, lady. Well, I don't know if it was like naive of me to was uh, surprised at how insecure you were about People it. People seem to be, and I need to, it, it's, <laughs> I keep getting it like, well, you're so self-deprecating. I'm like, yeah. Like, what do you mean? Am I not, am I supposed to be like, hello? We're like, yeah, I find it all very, yeah, I'm, I'm hard on myself or, yeah, that's how I am. But I'm, I am realizing as I get older, that stuff has to start, and, and being a mother, you don't want to be sort of like, yeah. honey, do I look stupid and fat in this? Like, you want to be like, no, I know who I am, and I... I'm fine now. I'm a human being and I'm alive. Therefore, yay. Yeah. No, I agree. I. It's just something I think about too for myself. Like, you well, know, my hair is receding and it's like, would I care if I wasn't on camera? Oh, no, I think the on camera thing makes it way worse. Oh, my, yeah. as my, my half brother said to me, see my half brother twice removed. My half brother was like, first time he came to visit me in LA, he goes, now if I lived in LA, I'd probably look better than I've ever looked in my life, but I would hate myself more than I've ever hated myself. Like I wouldn't be able to appreciate it. And I'm like, that's exactly what it's like. That's amazing. Because I think I probably horrible. do look better than I looked when I was maybe growing up in Indiana. Yet I never can. I never. I'm just like, yay, you know. I'm, it's anyway. <laughs> I was also really struck by. It seems like you and your mother have your birth mother have yeah. a very similar sense of humor. It's, yeah, apparently, yeah. I just never think of that as being something that's genetic. I know. I, I'm not really sure about that. And you know, I don't want to give her. I, it's so funny. It's a compliment. No, oh, no, totally. No, I meant for her. I'm just like, mm, do I let her be that funny? Am I let her have that? I was kidding. No, she is. She's what I love about her the most is, and this has been our bond from the very beginning was the fact that she's immediately making abandonment jokes, like, and she still does that. Like, if I if I say something like, oh my god, I've just been so tired, or I feel like that I, I'm, where I'm like, I don't know if I'm depressed or something, maybe from not working, you know, too long. And she's just like, okay, is this you're gonna blame this on one on me too? Is that because you're adopted? Like, is everything on me? Like, she's constantly. Like making light or making or whatever. Yeah, I, I think that's awesome. Actually, she's like that. Yeah, and it just like it's wild to me that this person did not raise you. You were so like in sync with in the that blood sense. thing is 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 jarring. Listen, I don't because I'm I'm a big obviously I believe in adoption and I think it should keep on going. <laughs> you know, but but at the same time I'm like it's it is weird the the things that you that it, genetics are are stronger than what I would like them oh, to really? be. Yeah, they're very strong. I mean. You've seen that, right, where, like, where twins were separated and, and ended up they both were like, oh, my God, like, they both loved the same book and they yeah. both were, I don't know, raised uh, pygmy goats. I don't think that's negative or positive, though. Do no, you? no. Oh, you just said it was more stronger than you would like. Oh, meaning that meaning that I, I get blown away myself by, I, I'd like to think that um, that the parent is the person who's with you. That's parenting, oh. and that's what matters. That's a, that's what's going to make a difference. The person who's with you and does all the work, that's a parent. Oh, for all those years. Yes, that's a mother. You know, And then when you meet your, when I met my birth mother, realizing, oh, my God, those elements that are just me and her, and my connection, I've got a deep connection. I'm like, that's not a mother. That is my mother genetically, but my mother. So just the terms of, yeah. you know, everything's in transition, literally, yeah. and, you know, this whole, <sighs> even the word mother. Yeah, when when trans you, mother. Yeah. <laughs> We're working on that one. Okay, I'm gonna, I'll take it now. Um, when you met her, you described the moment in the airport. But what? But what was your actual like getting to know you experience like? Did that fulfill your expectation? Well, it did because it wasn't super heavy handed. It was just spending time together. Oh, Jamie, it wasn't like. Um, she didn't sort of walk around presenting herself all the time of like this is the kind of person I am. But she just was herself. 
And I just spent time with her around her kids, my half-sisters, or half-sister and half-brothers. I went to, I saw her work. She's a probation officer. And I went to, you know, visit her at work. Didn't you all, you work in a jail? I did. I volunteered. I know. Yes, exactly. Oh, I think I, did I know. Yeah, I knew her at that point. Yeah, I guess there's something about, yeah, we're attracted to um, uh, the tough life, the rough life. No. Um, yeah, we both have that, that in common of liking people who are incarcerated, I guess. It's just a type. <laughs> Your it's next just, marriage. Yeah, exactly. Oh my God, it's probably true because they write good letters, right? When they're in jail, in prison, and yeah. stuff. Oh God, and you get to like touch through the. It'd yeah. be very poetic. It'd be a great story. It would be a great story, and I would never get pregnant. You know what I mean? Well, I yeah. probably couldn't anymore anyway. Well, you said menopause earlier. Yeah, I don't know. Forty-seven. I mean, forty-six. <laughs> Adoption. Again. Oh, right. Adoption. Exactly. I'll just get rid of. Um, yeah. Would you ask me about getting to know her? Yeah, yeah. It was just all this hanging out, drinking, you know, boxed wine and. Eating hot dogs. Okay. Interesting. But I guess I'm, I was just really in the story. I thought was like important from an adoption sake because a lot of the stories that we hear are kids growing up being like, "What's my mom like?" and like, "Am I a princess? Maybe my royalty? Please." <laughs> and this like kind of got beyond those tropes. Oh yeah, I was. I never thought that for my thing. I was just like, you know, it, it, is all my family like have no limbs due to like alcohol induced diabetes? Are we all like living in some backwoods, you know, fighting over a can of beans? Like I had very low expectations of where I'd be coming from. Oh. And um, and I had a good childhood. I was, you know, I, I had a really nice childhood in the sense of, you know, my parents took good care of me. I had braces, even though you can't tell. Um, so, yeah, I didn't have a lot of ex- expectations. It just was, it was what it was. And it probably helps when I'm on TV and stuff like that. It helps them be more open to who I am, I think. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if maybe if I was just like on my third marriage and living... <laughs> In some small town in Ohio, maybe they'd be like, Lauren's trouble. But instead, like, she's in L.A. I, well, I think they're lucky, too, because you're fun and you can, like, have a conversation. And that's Sometimes, yeah. rare. Yeah. It is rare <laughs> You anymore. know, well, we live in L.A., so it's even more rare. Real conversations, you mean? Yes. Yeah. And, and, and men who date women their own age, also very rare. Yeah. Yeah. You probably aren't as hip to that. You're not like noticing that in your day to day life. It's probably, maybe this is a real issue for you. You're like, God darn, why aren't more 47 year old men dating women who are 47? You guys, I can't drink my coffee. That is my soapbox. Yeah. Yeah. That should be. Why don't you care about that? I'm sorry. It's just like a portion of the population. You don't give a shit whether they suffer. I'm bad. Um, I'm not okay. You're open about it at least. It's genocide. I, uh, yeah, that's, that's my real issue about LA right now. Well, I, I think it's even yeah. harder to date when you're smart and funny because mm-hmm. you can pretty, sorry, pretty and gorgeous right. and successful. Oh, no, and... gorgeous went too far. And now people are gonna be like, you're not gorgeous. She doesn't think that. Does she? Oh, stop it. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. He's been it's on TV hard. at least once. Oh, yeah, exactly. Sorry. Yeah. Um, it's hard because you can look past a body type, you right. know, someone doesn't have a like, chiseled, crazy body. Like, yeah. okay, that's fine. But you can't look past intelligence. No. You can't look past being boring. No, you cannot. And it's a very lonely feeling um, yeah. to be with somebody. Um, let's say you went away for the weekend, perhaps. And there you are with that person you were hoping you could spend time with. And nothing is more lonely than a person with their underwear hanging off. You know what I mean? Like the, seeing the back of their... their It's like the, the top of their butt crack as they're watching football the whole weekend. And you're like, oh my God. I'm like, anyway, never mind. I'll tell you later. On your couple's weekend. Couples, yeah, yeah, trying to be a couple. I bet, yeah. It's hard. You're right. It's hard to find people to talk to. That's why, you know, you can't have it all. Sometimes, I guess your friends are who you talk to, perhaps, pay a therapist, and then you just have somebody who you um, lay on top of and cry. You you can't have it all, and yet that's the title of the book. What? Perspect as on having it all. 
That's really funny. I'd forgotten about because um, the having it all part because my therapist just recently said to me because I was like, what am I gonna? Am I always gonna be alone? I was bemoaning that, and he goes, well, like Lauren, you can't have everything, you know. Like if you got your career, you got a kid, you got your health, you know, so you don't have the relationship part. We can't have it all. Yeah. And I was like, oh, oh, good point. So I keep telling that to everybody. And they're like, can I get some sweetener with that? I'm like, you can't have it all. <laughs> can't have it all. Yeah. Nah, nah. I mean, you you got to, like, knock off as many boxes as you can. I think so. But this is, like, yeah, I guess. Just, just thinking, because I just came from having coffee with somebody that I was uh, broken up with, who I was dating for a little bit. And I thought maybe we could still be friends or whatever. I was trying. It was so sad because it was just depressing. I'm just, like, kicking a dead horse. You know what I mean? Still wasn't happening. I thought maybe if we got together, yeah. we could find a way to just be friends even or play music together because he's a musician and we're, we were doing that. And then I walked away. So I'm like, oh, okay, I've got to go to this interview um, somewhere in Burbank or something. I was very disoriented, as you can imagine, um, being in the valley and all, the heat. And um, I, and I'm driving here feeling again like, God, man, like, why is it so hard? Like, I'll never meet somebody. And then you're telling me I'm on the bestseller list and I could give a shit that I'm all alone in the world because if I'm on the bestseller list for even a day, I'm like, who cares? So I die alone. <laughs> there was that day I was number eight. In L.A. Five. We said five. Oh, five. But here's the thing with that. That doesn't matter unless you cut it out and show everybody. So do it. Right. <laughs> you have a website. <laughs> I know, I'm just trying to think. This whole interview, I've been just like, blah, blah, blah. I'm just, I'm just thinking about it. When do I get to go look at it? When do I get to go look at it on my phone? I want to see my name. <laughs> yeah, when do I like get to see that? have never seen your name before. I've never seen it on yeah. a bestseller list. Yeah, I mean, I think that's really exciting. Like you said, too, from a smaller publisher, it's amazing. It is. And it's a day-to-day thing. Is there a bestseller list every day or they do it weekly? I believe it's weekly. Let's hope for that. Yeah. I think it's for the year already. Oh, I think I that's think 2000. I think... Jeff, I think it is. You know, book circle online. Put on your Twitter profile, anyways. Oh, I'm gonna. We can't say that Now you can away. say bestseller on the. <laughs> so pathetic. <laughs> I'm gonna say bestseller and and um, astronaut. You, t- you tell your son like when people ask what I do, it's tell him you're a best-selling author. Yeah, <laughs> this is great. I'm gonna have to tweet that, even though people are gonna hate me for it. Well, it's fine. We'll retweet it. Okay. Um, we were talking about your career earlier. Oh, sorry. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I startled you. Yeah. Um, your career, you were on Looking on HBO. Yes. Why? Why that? I love it so much. Oh, good. I thought you were going to say you were over it. Oh, I, good God. I don't think I'll ever get over it. Oh, good. I want to so talk much. about it. Um, I know that careers in Hollywood are not linear things, but did that impact your career at all now that it's over? Well, it, I don't know. You never know. It's still kind of recent. Um, I mean, things feel different to me in the sense that people got. To, I got to fully do uh, be a part of a story. Like I had an episode where I got to actually um, be the main, uh, you know, focus of an actual storyline. Yeah. And I, as a character actor, don't always get that. I usually am just the one who comes in and is just like, you know, hey, fags, let's go see a movie, and yeah. then we go see a movie. Or um, I'm the comic relief for something, or I'm the weird, you know, like I was on Hung and I played Horny Patty and I was just like the like the girl masturbating with the Sharpie in the corner, as always. Um, typecasting, typecasting. Exactly. With the cap on, just to clarify that weirdness. I'm not sure, gonna, yeah, got it. Yeah, I'm not like putting a toxic thing. Do you mean? Oh, that'd be, oh. Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't think about it like uh, that, no, no, but now we did. It's right. almost bathroom. Yeah, sorry. Okay. Genocide, genocide. Roll Piles type. of dead bodies. Roll Piles type. of dead bodies. Got okay. it. I'm good. There, Let's now you're keep better. going. So I, um, I'm used to playing that, and so to be in a, looking was just it was the perfect of everything. I got to be uh, being around a bunch of sweet gay boys who, and being around people who all cared about the show and were all a part of something. You don't always care about what you're doing. A lot yeah. of times the TV stuff is just so you can get your health insurance or you're helping somebody else's story happen. Um, and this one to me was even though I didn't write it, it was felt like my story. 
because um, I loved it so much and yeah. I, I, I've lived it, um, a lot of it. And it mattered to people and it mattered to us and nobody, there wasn't one crazy person in the group who was screwing it up for everybody. Because wow. a lot of times you have like one very famous person who's perhaps got a um, uh, medication problem and, um, or is trying, to, and is trying to just pay off their mortgage. And so they just do jobs just to do, be working and yeah. keep their ego fed, keep the monster. Rah. Nobody was like that. I mean, it's kind of scary how revolutionary it was to have like four gay characters on screen at the same time. Yes, yes. And seeing it for the first time was like, oh, wow, that's what's happening. Yep, these are gay. Yeah, and even if people, like when I was talking to Dan Savage and he was saying um, that he didn't, you know, didn't care for the show. Like he liked me on the show. And I was like, okay, well, uh, you like the one non-gay character on a gay program. Well, well he wasn't just saying that because I liked the show, but a lot of my friends did not. But right. everyone, when I said I was interviewing you, said, oh my God, I loved her. right. I just find that, um, which is great, of course, uh, who am I to ever say no, no right. to love? No, don't like it. Um, right, and, I, and it was funny because there'd be worlds where I would love that compliment. Like, I would just be like, yo, yay, thank you, I'm the best. Right. But this one, every time it's said, I don't, I don't it never, it never offends anything. Of course. I like to, I don't like people, I like talking about it. But what I was saying to Dan, what hit me is I go, you know, when, when the show wrapped, the last, ep- the last episode, or last episode, of, or the last scene we shot for the movie. Yeah. And um, we wrapped, and it was, the sun was coming up, and so it was our last looking was over like we're done we're done we're done and it happened to coincide with um, we've been up all night and i walked out in the castro and nobody is out like it's completely i've never seen the castro empty yeah and there's like some seagulls and the whole cast is standing out there and people are crying because it's over we're sort of and i had a moment of like realizing how important san francisco was and i could hear as i was saying to dan which sounds so corny but i was like you could hear the history of that city and what it meant to people and what it meant to boys coming from all over the world, especially in America, and then just all the everything's going oh, the AIDS, the AIDS, you know, the, what, the AIDS epidemic, I guess I was going to say, um, and all the stuff that has happened there. We're a part of that history in a way. And I, the show, whether you like it or not, it's a gay, it's it's open in something. So just sort of like high five it for what it's doing yeah. for the gay, for gay programming. It'll keep going. No, I agree. And when people don't like it, I just think, oh, that's cool. Just it, I understand too. It's like there's not much to fight over. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Gay shows. I, yeah. Exactly. When is the movie coming out? Have they said an I don't know. Date? I think it's, this, I mean, I know that there's some kind of LGBT like film fest or something in the June oh. or July. So somewhere around there. Oh, last time I heard it's coming out in February, but no. that didn't happen. Obviously. No, it won't be February. Yeah, I'll be, I'll I mean, be in it's the, past. I think it'll be June or July. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So what are you doing now that you have like potential gay icon status? Uh, are you capitalizing <laughs> on that? I wish that was true. No, because I had somebody in Portland who's just like, so you're like the Bette Midler of today. I'm like, oh, fuck off if i had it why am i still living in my shitty apartment then the same um, one in the book yes thank you no the only thing <laughs> the only thing i am doing to um to capitalize on that is that it's, i do theater i do live performances right. a lot and so i have a cabaret show i've been working on and so i and i've been doing that and so i went to i um sent a couple emails to some gay cruises and when i told my friends i was doing that my gay friends are just like oh my god why would you want to do that that sounds like hell and like don't go in the hot tub it's egg drop soup it's disgusting, and <laughs> you do not want to go on a gay cruise. And I'm like, oh yes, I do, and I want to perform for gay audiences. That yeah. sounds like heaven to me. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing that. Oh great! So that's the way I'm capitalizing. I'm I not like going smart. to Bravo and like you know looking to a reality show co-host RuPaul or something like that. Though I would <laughs> right. do that. 
I want, I want to still be acting and telling stories and being a part of, you know, the gay world is always my world. Yeah, and I, I just think that like, makes any sense. look at Nick Jonas, he was a little child star, the Jonas Brothers, right. and he marketed specifically to gay audiences, and now he's a global superstar. Right. I, I, I think what I'm saying is I think you're the next Nick Jonas. I would love that. I, and it's funny that nobody, because I remember with my manager at one point, I go, could we, I would love to do um, gay parades. Like, I do a gay pride thing, and you yeah. call them up. And, and she was like, um, I don't know if you're quite there. Like, people, oh, I'm, it's making her sound awful. But, I mean, you, I will get delusional, like, I can do whatever I want in the gay world, you right. know. And I'm then curing I, AIDS. Exactly. Uh, like, <laughs> I'm here to do everything. People, like, I'm going to walk into a gay bar, watch everybody faint and scream. And said people are just like, um, oh, I was at one the other day, and the guy told me when lesbian night was. And I was like, <laughs> I go, thank you. I, I'm flattered um, that I seem like I get that much done in a day, you know, that I seem kind of you know good and on top of things. Documentary filmmaker, as I've said that offensive thing. Right. But I'm not. I go, I just came in here so I have someone to talk to. I thought someone would recognize me. <laughs> so pathetic. Oh, it's okay. That's how you know you're a gay icon if you're needy. Oh, then you are. I am. It's official. I am. Okay. I'm in. We'll bring the crown in after the interview. I... It's Anna Clark. <laughs> um, I have to if I have to ask a question for all of the aspiring writers out there. Yes, please. Do you know what my question is? Um, Adderall, yes or no? I'd say no. No, you don't. Okay. okay. The other question would be, how did you get Cheryl Strayed to write a cover quote? I know. Okay, when I was talking to the the pub, um, the marketing department, I guess from Plume, from yeah. the publisher, they were when I mentioned that I know Cheryl Strayed, you could. <laughs> I didn't realize. That she was so huge. Oh, really? Um, I mean, I knew it, but I didn't know it to the book because they went completely quiet and they were just like, "Yeah, Lauren, if you could get the book to her, that would be." Are you you're friends with her? And I was like, "I finally have a popular fr- like." That's right. I I could text her right now. Do you want to watch me? <laughs> like I was like, "What can I get for this? If I text her, will you hand me ten thousand dollars?" Okay, I'll say hi. Ten thousand. Okay, what else can I do? I, mean, I felt like it was such a. I feel bad for her. The power she has almost. How I know her is I was performing in Portland, doing what I do, and, right. and I perform there a lot, doing a solo show. She came to see it a couple of years ago um, and liked it, and she blogged about it. This is before she had written Wild. Okay. And then I came back recently. This is last year, a year ago, and um, she came to see the show again. And it was a newer show about Portland, and I just had added into the show about the affair, about my marriage falling apart. And she came with her husband, like, front row, and um, and I was, I was sort of... Um, struck like not starstruck but i was like aware i was like oh my god cheryl strayed and i loved her from dear sugar do you know yeah. her dear oh, sugar? i loved her book the yeah. tiny beautiful things yes yeah. i love that book so much and i always Me use too. that when i'm teaching too i'm like you guys you have to i just love and i love her podcast too that she's been doing so it was steve allman so anyway she goes we go out to dinner afterwards and we were i mean it felt like a friend i mean she it, it, this is so delusional that i was like she she reminds me of me like i'm like we're so alike and she's like yeah right no we're not or anything but she's very honest and 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 trying hard to keep pushing just the whole human thing you know trying yeah. to not be a dick and be wise about stuff and try not to be a dick that's what she should call her um podcast so i i did get to be friends with that and then i sent her asked her if she do blurb the book and i thought no way is she going to do it and she did it and she not only that she read the book people don't always do that People just go, you want me to blurb it? Okay, you can say what you want. Right. And she really read it because she was like, I'm not quite done with it. And I'm like, oh, God, you're reading it. You really are, Cheryl Strayed. 
Yeah, she just seems like as amazing as you want her to be. Yeah, she is. I just imagine that she gets a thousand asks a day. Absolutely. And I felt bad every time I'd had to ask her like to hurry up or something. Like oh. I felt really, really guilty because she's it, so she's it, like, I'm with Gloria Steinem right now. We're talking to Jesus. And I'm like, oh, I knew it. <laughs> ask them both for a blurb. Yeah, please. Um, it's, a, it's a gushing quote. Yeah, and That's she really I nice. didn't think they were going to she wrote a really long thing. I thought they were just going to take one little line from it. Yeah. And they basically took the entire email she sent to me and put it right on the book, which is smart. Amazing. It looks like she wrote it too. It's fool's people. Yeah. It's really, <laughs> and her podcast. I think she also I'd been on her podcast and we had a good Were you? Yeah, I was on the infidelity um episode. Oh, I listened to that. Yeah. I'm on the I'm on it. I'm on, there's like three parters for the infidelity. Right. Remember that? Were you, do you know which part you were? Well, I'm the one about the person who'd been betrayed. <laughs> do I know, I know the story. There's the betrayer. <laughs> I know. There's the betrayer was the first episode of the infidelity right. trilogy. And then the second episode they did was about the betrayed. That was me. Gotcha. And then the third episode, they brought like an expert in who talked about, I don't know, how do you, how do you make cookies after it's all been done to you or something? Yeah. I don't know. Oh, how funny. Yeah. Oh my God. And then Dan Savage did your last book. Crazy. What's wrong with you? Well, uh, no, the longer story. That's right. amazing, though, Dan Savage. Um, yeah. Back to this book, though. We're talking about the cover. I'm talking about the very back. Why did you thank Ann Richards? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I've forgotten until just now that I did. <laughs> what happened was, I feel like when you're writing, whatever happens while you're writing becomes, it's like whatever you put in is going to be. It's, right. it's, it's, it's the ingredients of the pot roast then. <laughs> and one of the things, it was hard to write the book. It was hard for me. I felt, um, well, it's hard to write. It's yeah. just lonely. Um, that's all there is to it. Just a lonely time. And it was lonely on top of lonely because I was also just going through the divorce. And so I felt really mired in um, what's it about? Or like, is it, I felt like too that I was like a strong woman who, you know, that men don't want to be around or something. Like I started to think like the reason my ex had, and that's what was one of his reasons. He's just like, you know, you're, um, it's too much to feel, I feel like I'm in your shadow and I don't feel like it's, uh, you know, and I'm like, Oh God, is this what it's going to be? Anyway, I was watching a documentary about her and I didn't really know about her. I knew of her, yeah. but watching her and watching her take on these good old boys and watching her stay so strong to what she, I mean, and, and watching her being so little in this room of just like, whatever, just like all this yeah. really angry awful bitter energy and how she kept her own all the time and she was so with herself and I was like that's got to be me I've got to come out of this okay I've got to be that I, I I really she the night that I saw the documentary I was obsessed with her wow. and that's when I wrote it down I'm so glad to remind you that's really yeah me too because it's I mean that happens I hear you know whatever happens while I'm writing becomes you know that's so funny. Why? Do you not like her? Is she something I don't know about her? No. Like she's a racist, Lauren, didn't you know? Like, oh no. No, she's a Democrat. It's fine. Oh, she's amazing. You know, and her I like daughter's her a lot. gone on to like, you know, she's like the president of Planned Parenthood or something. I don't know. Yeah. Like, good no. people. <laughs> um, this was so much fun. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, do you want to plug anything? Like if you're like Twitter handle? The book. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> I am on Twitter. Before we leave. I, what was it? Like Lauren Weedman Twitter. I think it's I don't at know. Lauren Weedman. Okay, at Lauren Weedman. I have a website. Instagram. I like Instagram. Oh, do you? Yeah, do you not? What is yours? Mine's I think it's Lauren Weedman. <laughs> we can do a Google search. <laughs> it's Lauren Weedman. I think it is Lauren Weedman. Um, I, I have not looked. Yeah, why would you? Like, you're like, I don't know everything, Sorry. Lauren. <laughs> um, thank you again, though. This is great. Thank you. Of course. Um, guys, we will see you next week. Uh, we'll be back with poet Kim Dower. So looking forward to that. A Until poet? Then, a poet. It's National Poetry Month. Oh, I love poetry. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, sorry. you're fine. Um, you can find all of our content on iTunes, YouTube, and of course, bookcircleonline.com. Goodbye.
From managing editor Jason Squamata, executive producers Maria Menounos, Phil Svitek, and Kevin Undergaro, we would like to thank you for tuning in to Book Circle Online. For more discussion, go to bookcircleonline.com. And if you have comments, questions, or book title suggestions, write us at info at bookcircleonline.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this is Book Circle Online. BCO, join the circle.